This is episode 97 with Josh Evans. Welcome to the Athletic Mindset. I'm your host, Corey Camp, former Division I swimmer, forever athlete, and personal performance coach. Today, I sit down with Josh Evans, fitness professional with a heavy background in training collegiate athletes at various programs. Josh has been a heavy hitter in the online fitness space way before most and really focuses on unconventional training movements to keep his clients guessing. His coaching methodology is really geared towards helping others achieve self-actualization, a goal that him and I both share deeply. We really dive into how to effectively and efficiently manage our energy and hormone levels to maximize not just our training, but our life as a whole. So let's get into it. Thank you for joining me on the Athletic Mindset Podcast today. I'm excited to dive into your story here. But first and foremost, how are you feeling? Doing pretty well, man. You know, we were kind of talking before the podcast about you coming back from Brazil and, and getting back into the rhythm of things. I kind of feel the same way now, almost finalizing my transition to Puerto Rico from Miami. It's been an interesting dynamic for me trying to balance all of it and I feel like I'm finally hitting my stride again as well so it's been good man it's been good how about yourself good can't complain I would be curious to know are you a routined person like do you strut do you thrive more in that set routine oh man I am the most routine person you'll ever meet without a doubt if I break my routine it's like my my whole day is ruined I've, I've gotten a lot better at trying to manage that, but I am very much like a wake up at 4 a.m. type of person. Everything is mapped out until I go to sleep at, you know, 8 p.m., 8.30. Mm, yeah, I'm pretty much the same boat. So that's why I think when I travel, I, while I love traveling, it is a big challenge for me just getting knocked off that routine and getting back into it. Mm, yeah, it's always difficult, but I feel like the – Times that I've been able to accomplish that the easiest, just putting one foot in front of the other, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, not worrying so much about what the next day holds, just trying to focus on it moment by moment. Yeah, definitely. What's the story? How have you gotten here? I know a little bit about your background in the strength conditioning world. Now you're an online coach, but kind of fill in the gaps for me a little bit there. Yeah. So I got my first introduction into collegiate strength and conditioning and, and my overall experience in the health field. When I was at Syracuse University doing my undergrad, I worked as an intern with football and lacrosse in the weight room. And then I traveled as a student manager with the football team. So I, I really was able to see the ins and outs of what really goes on behind the scenes with athletics, was a, which was a, a huge eye-opener for me, which then led me to go to FAU, Florida Atlantic University for grad school, where I got my master's in exercise science and health promotion. While I was there, I also worked with the athletic teams. Shortly realized that, you know, we kind of talked about this the other day as well, was, you know, how competitive collegiate strength conditioning really is, collegiate athletics in general really are, and that I wasn't really excited about going down that path anymore once I graduated from grad school, which brought me, you know, to go to Equinox and, and start my career in, in personal training there, which was a great three and a half years. But I'm happy that I'm able to now, you know, move into what I would call, you know, the second 
second phase of my own personal business, my own personal development with, you know, what I got going on nowadays. Yeah. And during your time in the college athletic strength space, what was the kind of the biggest takeaway that you had there that you now implement into your business? I mean, the big thing was that routine, man, you know, like waking up before the sun rises and, and I mean, back then it was like going to sleep when, you know, the sun was, was still down, but now I'm trying to, now I'm trying to, you know, go to bed earlier, but just, you know, really just keeping that routine and, and understanding the importance of, of a system, right? Like college sports, college athletics, especially in the weight room, right? And it's all about the system that you're implementing and refining that system over time so that you can make it transferable year in, year out, right? I want to, no matter if I have 40 freshmen or 40 seniors, I want the system I'm using to be able to get them all better, right? And the same thing applies with what I was doing in person when I was training people in person and what I'm doing now with training people online and, you know, kind of along the same lines of what you're doing, helping people more mentally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think what's super cool there coming from the strength background for context, like I also have my CSCS and we really dive into the periodization model there, right? When we're working with athletes, we understand like we can only do certain types of workouts at certain times of the year because it matches up with who they want to, or how they want to perform, whether it's the off season, whether it is in season and all of that with periodization, because we know that that comes about with the CSCS strength conditioning background, especially working with athletes. What I've noticed more and more personally in my life is how much periodization actually carries over to like everything. And it's not just Mm -hmm. exclusive to training. Is that something that you've found so that education served you one really well while you're doing it, but now it's carrying over to other areas of your life as well? I mean, I think subconsciously for sure. Uh, I never really thought about it, to be honest, the way that you're putting it in terms of like per- periodizing it. It's just kind of come naturally to me. I feel like knowing about periodization without having to put things such a numbers type of way, but I'm certainly someone who you know is like i said very routine but at the same time i like to go really really hard and then take a break right Mm -hmm. and then completely remove myself from the type of environment that i've been in you know whether it be a weekend a week two weeks a month and then get myself back in there that way i can refresh regenerate the way that i need to and then i can get back to work and take things seriously uh, the way that I, I know I, I need to handle them. Yeah. And I think that's exactly it, right? Like if you're going hard for four days, yeah, it might be a, an afternoon off or something where you're disconnecting on the weekend for a little bit. But if you're, if you're pushing that limit for a month at a time, you got a big project or like you said before, even recording this, like you're about to sit down and record four straight episodes for your podcast show like there's got to be some sort of like foot off the gas a little bit after that so that you can reset, recharge and get into the next thing. Mm. Yeah. And I, I, even throughout my week, like something I've really started to try to implement that's been pretty helpful. And I can't remember where I got this from, but was 
our friend James Quigley uh, talks about this too, is like having that CEO day, right? Like we're constantly shooting content. We're constantly helping other people doing all that things. But when do we take a whole day or when do we take a good block of a day and focus on us, focus on personal development, focus on, you know, just moving the needle in your business forward, working on the back end of things instead of focusing on helping other people, right? How do I help myself? How do I help my business? Even being able to do that throughout the week, I think is extremely important for the longevity of not only your business, but, you know, your mental and physical health. Yeah. What are some ways that you're filling your own cup or recharging and so that you can show up as a better coach? Definitely training a lot more. I mean, 2020 was uh, not only a difficult year for me, but I'm, you know, obviously a lot of other people. Business-wise, it was great. Personally, you know, I, I'm not going to lie, I fell off the wagon a little bit. 2021, I've been able to really, again, look at things from the inside out, right? I can only really help people if I'm helping myself first. And I truly do believe that. And, you know, making sure, like I said, I wake up really early. So before anyone else gets up, I'm getting my workout in, you know, 6 a.m., 6.30, you'll see me in the gym. And then from there, you know, getting back to reading, you know, getting off my phone, getting out of, off Twitter, getting off Instagram, getting back into, into the books, right? Something that I forgot that I really enjoyed. You know, those two things have been huge for me. Obviously, I've been traveling quite a bit more as well uh, now that things are opening back up, which has been nice, nice to get out, uh, out of Miami, get out of the craziness a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I think travel for a number of reasons is a great thing. It opens the doors to a lot of different unique perspectives. It gives you this sense of excitement and the sense of self-discovery in a shortened period then in a different form than like if you were reading a book or listening Mm -hmm. to a podcast episode. So definitely highly encourage people out there to travel. Yeah, I grew up in a bubble, man. So you're you're preaching to the choir. I grew up in a town of like 1800 people. So doesn't get much smaller than that, you know, couldn't get, couldn't, couldn't wait to get out of there and see the world. It's been been quite the ride so far. Yeah, definitely. And as I say, just knowing you for a short month or so here and seeing your page, it seems like you, you do get a bit of travel in and you bounce around quite a bit. I think it's awesome. One thing that you had mentioned earlier there is like, obviously you're in the fitness space, you know, how to work out better than most you know what to do but sometimes there's still things that prevent you from executing on it like what happened last year what was kind of blocking you was it just access to the gym was it personal stuff like do you mind if we dive into that yeah for sure of course you know i think it's important for people in the fitness industry to remember that, you know, we are just human at the end of the day, right? We, even though people look at us for inspiration in terms of being healthy and living active lifestyle, we go through, we, we go through trials and tribulations as well. And that's something that, that I really think most people forget about, right? In the fitness industry, it's not easy. It's not easy for people in the fitness industry to take a step back and remember like, Hey, we're human. You know, we make mistakes. We, you know, have our own struggles. And and that's something that I really had to accept in 2020, you know, it's like, okay, I'm kind of stuck in my house. I 
you know, at the time wasn't big on, you know, working out in my living room. Part of the reason why I'm moving is to get a little more space, you know, move into a house from a one bedroom apartment, not the most inviting place when you're talking about, you know, making progress and, and really driving home a healthy lifestyle moving forward. But, you know, now looking back on that, I, I've really grown to appreciate that I can be healthy given in the circumstances that we were in, right? And, and I think that if more people understood that it's okay just to tread water a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. And get through hard times. Like you don't need to excel through hard times. Sometimes it's okay just to get through them and then excel afterwards, right? And, and that's really a big takeaway that I've, I've learned at least. Yeah, I think it's being okay to be patient enough to like, okay, I'm just getting by right now. And that's cool. Like that's enough for the time being. It goes back to that periodization model, right? Of understanding like there's different seasons within our own lives. And obviously 2020 was a, a season like none of us had expected or had been through together at any given point. So we all coped with it a little bit differently, but I think it's huge that one, you're being transparent and just sharing like, Hey, I fell off a little bit and you know, I did the same thing. There was a point in time, like early pandemic, I was like, let's freaking go. Like got really into running and then like fell off for a little bit afterwards. We all go through some sort of ups and downs. I think that is the key there is to just not beat yourself up when you're going through that ebb and flow. That's more the downwards spiral, I guess. You know what I mean? Oh man. I was all about getting into a body weight. Like I must've bought, you know, four or five of my friends body weight programs at the beginning of the pandemic. And then, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a month in I was like, okay, still feeling good. Still, you know, hitting these balcony workouts. And then two months in, I was like, nah, I'm not, I'm over this. You know what I mean? But now, you know, again, looking back on it, it's just like, it reminded me of just how resilient we are as people and how quickly we can really bounce back from things when we realign our intention and our actions towards our goals. Mm. I think that's huge because I think where a lot of people's resistance comes is from when their actions don't match the intention and where they want to go with things. Be curious, what is your typical training style normally like pre-pandemic? Like what gets you jazzed up and excited to train? For me, it's, it's just the ability to feel good, you know, all day, every day. I live relatively like a, a random lifestyle. I, I'm down to, you know, I'm up for anything, depending on what it is. Like you want to go hiking, I'm down to go hiking. You want to go for a bike ride, I'll push myself on that. You know, whatever it may be, I'm up for it. And, and I try to tailor my training to be able to enhance my ability to be able to go and do what I want to do, right? Mm. That's what I do with my own training. That's what I try to do with my clients. You know, some of my clients, they're badasses. They, you know, like to hella ski and are like, Oh, I'm going to go in this volcano in Ecuador and, you know, go wakeboarding. Cause there's a lake there. And I'm like, all right, you're dope. If you want to be able to do all that, I want to be able to make sure you can do it for the next 10, 15 years. Um, that's really what I tailor my own training around as well. You know, is I want to be able to, do whatever my mind can think of at any given time, you know, and, uh, and be able to do that safely and in a healthy way. Yeah. That just brought to light. Like when I was down in Brazil, one of my 
friends that I was with, she was the only one that spoke Portuguese and she was telling me and her boyfriend like, Hey, we're going to go on this trail today. And we're like, okay, cool. Like I, I'm down for a hike. Like I, I like <laughs> hiking. And then she was like, yeah, the guy's telling us like, we need two and a half liters of water a piece. Like we should wear long socks. We should wear clothes that we don't care about. We need to bring towels. All this like list of equipment is getting longer mm-hmm. and longer. And in my head, I'm like, what kind of trail are we going on? Sure enough, we get there and the, the tour guide's like, and we're going to go to the top of that. And it was like almost a thousand meters climb of this mountain. And oh my gosh, I was so thankful that I was in shape and, you know, able to move my body and navigate it because once we got to the top, it was spectacular. It was not an easy hike by any stretch. And one of the discussions I was having, one of the guys, that was doing this hike is also in the fitness space or came from it. And we were like, it's amazing how many people out there within our own families that probably couldn't complete this kind of hike. And it's a shame because they'll never be able to see these kind of views and have these kinds of experiences. Mm-hmm. I mean, even it, even my friends, you know, from college, we were in Puerto Rico in February and, and one of my best friends came to visit. And my girlfriend and I are like the type of person, they have a, they have a rainforest there called El Yunque and it's beautiful. Right. But it's kind of like off the beaten path. Like you have to just pull over and then you can hike and do, and my girlfriend and I are like, Oh, if I even see a stream, I'm going to try to follow the stream, no matter how difficult or treacherous the path may look. And we never think twice about it. And I forgot, you know, the group of people I was with on this trip. And we were like, okay, we like start going. We we're maybe like an eighth of a mile already up this, like, you know, we're like climbing over big rocks, all this stuff. And our friends are just like, what are you, what are you guys doing? <laughs> you know, and we're like, what, what do you mean? And we're like, oh, sorry, wrong group, wrong friends. Like, okay, we'll come back down. We'll like, let's go to the beach, you know? <laughs> so it's, it's always pretty interesting for me to be able to translate the interesting way in which I train myself and my clients, how that actually translates and correlates into the real world and, and the things that I'm able to do confidently that I think most people might be able to do, but definitely are not confident in their own abilities to, to accomplish it. Yeah. And I think that's huge. I mean, that's what I, I coach on is that it is more than movement. It is this concept that it is life preparation. And I mean, I think it is, it's really interesting to see like the life preparation that training can have. What takeaways from your own training, I guess, are you finding more and more showing up every single day in maybe business or relationships or other areas of your life? Mainly, first and foremost, it, it has to be my confidence, right? Like, no, no matter how chaotic a situation becomes, I'm confident that I will find a solution to any problem, right? I might need your help, for example, Corey, right? I might need my co-host on the podcast, uh, on my podcast, Anthony Mendez, I might need his help, right? But at the end of the day, I'm going to find the group of people that I need to bring in, or I'm going to be able to handle it myself and get the job done. Right. And, and I feel confident in the decisions that I make each and every day are going to help me get to where I want to go. Right. Secondary, 
I feel confident in who I am as a person because I'm challenging myself, right? Like confidence is underrated and maybe the most important thing in life, right? If you're confident, you're going to be able to sell whatever you want to sell to a large majority of people. You're going to attract great group of people that want to be around you, aka your friends, family, you know, coworkers, whoever it may be. And you're probably going to be a lot happier because the decisions you're making are ones that you feel you actually want to make as compared to conforming to what you think other people might want you to do either in the current time or in the future. Mm, I think that's huge. And confidence is one of those tricky things. This is people, I think with the, with a fixed mindset oftentimes are like, I either have it or I don't have it. And I think one of the things that I hope that this show provides people is a little bit of inspiration to go out and that they can build confidence in any area of their life. It just takes a certain, you know, couple of steps, some calculated steps. How do you work with someone that comes to you that might not have the confidence they've tried all the things and they're just feeling a little bit discouraged about training in general. What kind of does that process look like for you? That's a great question. And I I think I'm going to maybe take a step back for a second before I answer that. And I'm going to say, I think this is where most people fail early in whatever journey they're on, right? Any, any goal that they set, I think people don't realize what wins they're actually getting, right? Because it's all about, if you want to succeed, it's all about accumulating small wins, right? Everyone, and I, I think nowadays people are starting to understand a little bit more that it's, it's you're, there's no real overnight success, right? It's, it's a snowball effect over, you know, the course of, you know, maybe a year, two years, five years, 10 years, whatever it is that gets you to where you want to go. And when you're setting your own goals to be healthy, to, you know, lose weight, to, you know, get shredded or, or put on mass, it's all about setting those small wins and acknowledging those, right. So that you can stay motivated, continue to increase your confidence, right. Your ability to actually accomplish what you set for to accomplish and do that time and time again, consistently. Right. So setting these small wins and acknowledging them, right. I had this discussion with one of my online clients, one of my nutrition clients the other day, and they were like, you know, I just feel like I'm not making enough progress. I'm not seeing any, I'm not seeing my weight move. I'm like, okay, well, it's not only been two and a half months, right? Out of a year long plan. So let's, uh, let's be a little patient. Number one, number two, when you started this, you said you didn't eat vegetables at all, right? Now you have like five vegetables that you call your favorites, right? Don't you consider that progress? Wouldn't you consider that a win? You know, yeah. I, cer- I certainly would, right? You- you're having a better relationship with food. That's definitely a win in my book, right? So I think if people s- stop or-, or didn't focus so much on the numbers, right? And started focusing on what they're actually accomplishing throughout the day, what actions they're actually taking to move that needle forward, you- they'd actually understand uh, the amount of wins that they're actually getting in each and every day. Does that, that make sense? 
Absolutely. And I mean, when you start bringing that focus to the small things and you've realized how frequently you're winning, I mean, how can you not feel more confident every single day? Cause you, now you're on a winning streak. You feel badass. You're on top of the world. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, it sounds dumb, but I do what the military does start my day every day by making my bet. Check that off. Okay. That's one small win I have, mm. you know, that's one more than what most people are going to accomplish in a day. Not that I'm really comparing myself to anyone else, but it's one more than I would have gotten otherwise. And that's a great way I can get the ball rolling first and foremost. Yeah. And I think the make your bed thing, it's, it's little and it's perfect because it is a little thing and it, you can train yourself so that it's automatic. I'm the same way. Like as soon as I wake up, like the first thing I get out of my bed and I just make it real quick piece it all back together and it goes a long way. But I think really what it's doing is helping you build some momentum to go then tackle the next thing and the next thing. And next thing you know, it's snowballed into, wow, I just finished the day and I've accomplished way more than I ever thought I would. Right. Another great benefit of it is you're teaching yourself the habit of doing the small things in the moment and getting them done and out of the way. Right. Mm-hmm. Because think about it. If you work like I work from home a lot of the time and when I'm home, if I walk into my bedroom and I see my beds just sloppy, un- unmade at 1130 in the afternoon, I'm probably going to like I know myself. I'm going to think about that until 4 p.m., 5 p.m. And then I'll actually get it done. Right. But that mm-hmm. whole time, I, I probably wasted at least a half an hour. Knowing again, knowing myself probably way more than that worrying about the fact that the bed isn't made instead of just making it and then moving on with my day. Yeah. I'm the same way. I need my space to be physically clutter-free for my mind to then be clutter-free and focus and present in like whatever task that I'm doing. And I know that other people are not quite the same way, but yeah, it drives me absolutely insane. And it's just an energy draining factor for me when my environment's not clean. Yeah. And, and teach their own, you know, I'm, Again, I wouldn't say my girlfriend's like a total mess, but she's definitely, she definitely pushes things more to the last minute than I do a lot of the time, but you know, it works for her. So definitely worked on patience as well, which is a great, a great thing for 2021. I feel like. Yeah. I think that's a great attribute that we can all benefit from a little bit more in our lives. I'd like to say being impatient with your daily actions, but patient towards your outcomes or whatever you're chasing, it's going to take some time especially when you bring another person to the mix, like a significant other, it's a whole another ball game because no longer <laughs> are you being patient just with yourself. You now have to be exercising that same strategy with someone else. How's that been so far? Oh, it's been good. I mean, I've, I've been married, been divorced. So for me, like nothing can be as chaotic as that was. And, uh, <laughs> you know, again, right. My, my whole theme is I hate this term, like no regrets, right. You, I mm-hmm. feel like you should have regrets use those regrets as like as tools to learn from right and to understand why you make mistakes in the first place and how to either you know one one a never make those mistakes again and one b you know become a better person because of those mistakes because of those regrets so being married being divorced it it definitely taught me a lot and not only in, in my personal relationships but my my business ones as well 
Yeah, and I think that's that's a huge takeaway, right? Like how your personal life can carry over and benefit you in business. Mm. I think it's really a matter of like feedback from those kind of events. It's neutral. Like it's just providing you like what's next steps in that moment of time. And it's really up to us to determine where to go from there and what's next. And you know, what's funny is I I used to cut people off all the time. I used to be very impatient, you know, like everything Mm -hmm. a good coach is not. I definitely hit a lot of those criteria early on in my career, as I'm sure a lot of people do. Um, But listening was a big issue for me early on. And you know, what's really funny is that the pod, like, like having my own podcast, I'm sure you can attest to this as really made me a better listener. Right. So now I get into these conversations and it might get a little heated with other people, but I always am intently listening to what they're saying. I'm waiting for them to finish and then I'm replying. Right. I'm I'm reiterating sometimes what they're saying so that they understand that I, I acknowledge them. Like everything that goes into having a good podcast episode, I feel like I've been trying to implement a little more into into my personal life. And, and I think it's helped at least. I don't know. You'd have to, I guess, talk to the people around me. But. <laughs> Who would have thought that hosting a podcast has made you a better overall person, but I, I know, right. That. Usually I feel like it'd be the alternative, but you know, <laughs> so I say you get to talk to people all day for a living or as yeah. part of your living. I think it's, fantastic. it could be worse. Yeah. It could be worse. Oh, and I think communication skills are lacking for a lot of a lack of a better term for a lot of people in today's society. And obviously the pandemic hasn't always helped with that because we've gone more into this zoom world, but yeah, I've feel the same way through this platform. I've learned to communicate with people way better than I had ever had before. And it really does start with making sure I'm hearing what the other person's saying rather than okay, it's my agenda to hit the next question. It's my agenda to, to move to the next thing. Like, let's move through this workout. I don't really care about your personal life. Like, let's do some squats. Mm-hmm. That's not building a client relationship that's going to be beneficial long-term. Make it your right. results opposite, for a second. Right, quite the opposite. That becomes very transactional at that point, which might get you to a certain level in the short term, but it's going to really hinder you in the long term. You know, most of the clients that I've worked with, I've worked with, you know, five, six years now, mm-hmm. if I hadn't taken such a personal approach to them and, and allowed them not only allowed them not only to open up about themselves, but allow myself to open up to them, I don't think I would have met some of the other people that I've been able to meet and, and expand my network that way. I definitely wouldn't have learned the things that I now know from these people. And I wouldn't have had, I wouldn't have the same type of family you know, now moving to a different place in Puerto Rico, I, I feel like I still have my, my Miami family that I'll have forever, you know, which, which is something that I really hold dear, you know, to, to myself. Yeah. Out of curiosity, what would your advice be for someone who's newer in the game of training? Maybe they're just getting into it or thinking about getting into it. And there's all this talk these days of scaling, right? Like there's a zillion business coaches out there on Instagram in particular that are going to shoot you DMs mm-hmm. like, Hey, I can get you 10,000 followers and we're going to scale your business like as quickly as possible. Sure. Yeah. How did you get okay with, yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're going to be all fake people. How did you get okay with this notion of like serving the clients you have to the best of your ability while still like, yes, I want to grow and expand and scale. I mean, I've never, if we're talking about 
in person, I've always kind of been an introvert, right? So for me, I've always had to take care of the people uh, that I currently train because they were how I got referrals, right? I wasn't, I wasn't the person when, like I told you, I worked at Equinox. When I worked at Equinox, you know, they would make you walk the floor and you would try to be a salesperson. And my managers would hate me being on the floor because I'm, I'm like three and a half years. I never, not one time ever picked up a client off the floor. Never. And I was a top 50 trainer for them for two years, like cranking out two, 2000 sessions every year, you know, mm-hmm. and not one time that I, I probably trained, you know, three, four, 500 people there. Not one client I picked up off the floor, you know what I mean? So it was all referrals for me. So, so my relationships with my clients were super important. Right. And the same thing happens online. Like I don't have the biggest platform, you know, my, my co-host for the sweat it out podcast, Anthony Mendez is a monster on that you know, mm-hmm. 260,000 plus followers. I have, you know, 18. So he might be able to get, you know, a million fish in his, in his bucket, whereas I might only have a thousand. So I really want to make sure that I'm not saying he doesn't take care of his clients and the people he serves. Of course he does. But I personally know because I'm drawn from a smaller pool that each fish or each person, each client that I, I work with, I need to take extra special care of because I don't necessarily know where the next one's coming. Mm. Right. Yeah. yeah and I, I think what's tricky to like, especially in the online space, right. If we're, we start to throw around numbers similar to someone that's struggling on their fitness journey and they're looking at the scale and they're not seeing progress, they're not seeing it budge. They get really frustrated the online entrepreneur can also run into some frustration when they're see- they're not seeing their numbers go up. They're not seeing more followers. The engagement isn't there. And it's like, okay, well, one, bring focus to the smaller wins. But two, I always tell, I love responding to the people that tell me they're going to scale me to 10K or whatever it may be. And I'm like, well, what are the, what's that going to do for me? Like, are they going right. to 10K of like the perfect person that I want to work with? No. Absolutely. Like far chance that they actually are. So it's really, I think about watering the people that you have, the plants that you have, and they'll return and grow to four or 500 clients that you're able to work with at Equinox without a single like, oh, I got this guy while I was walking around the floor. It's a really interesting model that Equinox has where they start you off walking around. I mean, you know, I wouldn't take away anything from them because mm. I really do feel like without them and in, in at the, specifically the time that I was at Equinox, like the, I feel like what was pretty golden years for them and the crew of people that I really was around at Equinox South Beach at that time when I first started uh, was super important and integral for my success now. Given that, right? there's always things that you can improve on. And, and they were very sales oriented, right? Very numbers oriented, like to a fault. Mm. And, you know, I would do, I did, you know, over 200 sessions one month, just for example. And, and my manager was like, well, yeah, but like you had a couple of cancellations I see and you could have filled it. I was like, listen, I'm not the person, you know, I said over 200 sessions in 30 days. Like I'm going to, you know, how about just a pat on the back? I don't need, you know, confetti, drop down from the ceiling, but you know, just a pat on the back would be nice before you start like top poking holes and the things that uh, I'm not doing. Right. And I think, you know, that really taught me that 
you know, support is, is a big thing, whether, you know, it's the people that we have working with us on the podcast or, you know, even people like yourself, like, I want to know how I can support you. Right. Because mm-hmm. if I can help you out unselfishly, I know that's going to come back around, you know, because it's going to help move the field farther along if you're a better coach, right? Because you're going to go and help someone else. And then that person's going to go and help someone else. So we all elevate. And uh, I think that that's something, that's another thing I, I feel like a lot of people, in, especially in the health and fitness world, it's not a zero sum game, right? Like there's enough money, there's enough money out there for everyone to, to be successful. We should all be supporting each other as long as we're not, you know, spewing garbage. Yeah. I think collaboration is, is huge. The biggest thing. One thing I, I try to ask everyone I connect with as well, especially in this space, like what's your biggest project? What's your biggest focus? Like, how can I help support that right now? Is it mm-hmm. just, am I a soundboard and you just bounce ideas off of? Awesome. Am I referring p- people to you? Great. If it makes sense. Yeah. I think there is more than enough to go around in the space as long as it is, yeah, correct information and, and good people. Mm. wasn't always like that though you know wasn't always like that it's i feel like the fitness industry has gotten a lot better with collaboration obviously Mm. and with you know supporting each other but i'm sure you know like when you were in athletics like you know nobody nobody was really supporting any but i felt like you know it was everyone against each other like you know this certification against that certification and we're better or you know this group of people and we have this training style we you know we do you know five three one and you know, now we're doing, you know, DUP and we're, you know, we're doing all this stuff. And it, it's just like, it's not, it's not necessary. Yeah. You know, well, I'm going to take mean, a little bit about what you do. I'm going to take a little bit about what you do. I'm going to take a little bit of Corey about what you're doing. And if it fits my system and it helps make my system better, I'm going to, you know, unfortunately steal it from you and, and use it myself. Perfect. That's uh, the best form of flattery, I think. I, we're going to be biased, but I'm going to say like the CSCS is you know, the top cert out there. But uh, I mean, I definitely think that they can all be <laughs> a lot better. They can yeah. all be a lot better. Like the main ones, you know, honestly, in my personal opinion, I think like, you know, jo- Dr. John Russin, you know, the uh, pain-free yeah. performance. Uh, I think that the the PPSC is is probably like the best certification that, that trainers can go and take right now because it's super reputable. You know, they really get results across many uh, different types of populations. But yeah, I would say in terms of like the mainstream ones, like ACE, NASM, ACSM, or CSCS, like CSCS is still good, but you know, they kind of saw that the, the real big one is, is the one through the, the collegiate strength and conditioning comp association or something. Uh, yeah. With the CSCC or, or I think is what it's called. You know, I never really understood with the CSCS, they'd be like, oh, well, like, how high do the mirrors have to be? Like, why does that, why does that high enough? So a plate doesn't hit them and shatter it. Like, why do I need to know about that? You know, more than like mentally what happens when, you know, your, your star athlete or like the real motivator for the weight room is having like a really bad week. How do you, how do you, a really bad week? How do you get them motivated? So everyone else can be motivated. I think that that, and this is what I love about your podcast so much more about the mental side of things mm. than it is about the physical side of things. If you can master the mental side of things, the physical is easy. Then it's just going and doing it, right? Which again, if you can get over the mental hurdles that lead up to your ability to do it, 
man, you got to You got to you know, you got to roll in from there. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's a, um, I mean, how many times have we seen a perfect weight room piece together and then no one actually gets after it and trains in it and uses it to like its capacity. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's always the people with the nicest weight rooms. I'm like, oh, you don't work out. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you, like, oh, you got a Peloton treadmill. Like you, that thing, it looks real dusty, you know, but it's like, oh, you got these rusty kettlebells in the corner. Like, I know you get after it. Yeah, I have a, well, now ex-client of mine, I don't work with him anymore, but when he and I started working together, he honestly did like three sessions and then fell off and I didn't hear from him for six months. I was ignoring my texts, emails, like nothing. I was like, is this guy okay? Like he's totally ghosting me. First thing I hear from him was basically wanted my advice if he should buy this piece of equipment from Techno Gym that was like a 20, yeah, $20,000 piece of equipment. And I was like, wait a second, there's so many other hurdles that we need to get through first before we invest 20K on a piece of equipment. That's not going to be the thing that magically fixes what's going on between your ears. For sure. I mean, listen, if you want to spend $20,000 on a gym setup, hit me up, hit me up. Okay. (laughs) I'll uh, just shoot me a DM, say $20,000 gym setup. I'm going to charge you $10,000 for or maybe 15 for my consulting fee and then i'm gonna use the rest of the money to actually get you good equipment that you'll need for your gym and you know we can both end up really really happy you'll have a really nice gym i'll uh, have more money in my bank account it'll work out for both of us it's a way better setup it'll <laughs> probably be more beneficial to them oh it'll be great for both it's a win-win i'm telling you exactly i want to be respectful of your time josh we got the fast five here to end things out before we plug where people can find you at number they're one word or one sentence answers. The first question I have is what's your go-to podcast that no one's heard of. Ooh. You could plug your own, but hopefully people have one. heard of it. All right. Perfect. I'll plug, I mean, I'll plug my own number one, sweat it out podcast with my co-host Anthony Mendez. You can find us on Apple podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, anchor.fm, all, all the good spots. I, uh, I would say I really like hardcore history. I'm like a big history buff though with Dan Carlin. I'm sure everyone, it's, it's a big podcast, but. Nice. I like that one. Number two, favorite book that you've read in the past year. Ooh, we actually have, I actually have it right here. We have this girl coming on our podcast called Dear Coach. You, you would probably love it. It's about, it says Dear, Dear Coach is the title of it. What I wish I could have told you letters from your athletes. It really, uh really kind of brought back some good and not so good memories from, from my own coaching career in athletics. So mm. I definitely would recommend it to other people. Yeah. I'll check it out. What's a quote you live by? You're either getting better or you're getting worse. It's my favorite one. Nice. Do you know Poppy Livers by chance? Not in person. I mean, I, I work with 10,000 as well. And yeah, I know he's always doing get better or get beat. Yeah. My, my high school, my high school offensive line coach told me you're either getting better or you're getting worse. And it's stuck with me ever since. So. I was about to say, same, different words, same message. I like Oh, it. yeah. One thing you can't live without. My sweated out ice shaker bottle. Thanks, Chris Gronkowski. <laughs> I love it. Last one here, your one word focus at this point in time. Patience. Beautiful. Patience is key. You explained it why earlier, so even better. If you missed it replay it go back check it out replay it five times yeah just get just run the numbers up if if you can (laughs) josh man i appreciate your time it's fun just 
kicking it with you and jamming out here. Where can those listening in get more of you, the podcast, and what you're keeping up with here? Yeah, like I mentioned on that first question, you can listen to me ramble on more with my co-host, Anthony Mendez, at Mendez Fitness on the Sweat It Out podcast. You can find us if you want to check us out on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, anywhere podcasts are heard, we're on there for sure. If you want to reach out to me directly, you can reach out to me either, you know, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram at Coach Josh Evans. Nice. I love it. Well, enjoy the move, man. I know it's going to be, that's a tricky one moving internationally, I can imagine. Yeah, kind of international, you know, luckily I don't need a passport, but it's had its ups and its downs. But, you know, again, new challenges, all looking forward to it, moving forward in the right direction, man. I I just want to say, you know, I really appreciate you having me on the podcast. Appreciate you taking the time to listen today. Josh has a wealth of knowledge and is a prime example of why shaking things up pays off for you over and over and over again. Share this episode with a friend, family member, or teammate who could benefit from Josh's story and perspective. And remember, if you can change your mindset, you can change your life. One thought followed by one action at a time. I will see you all on Monday.